When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to A to Z Sports Powered, as always, by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Sam Phelan, our Titans reporter in for Zach Bingham. Check out Sam's work at A to Z Sports.com. Uh, we got to thank our, uh, we, well, first off, we are Nationals On Demand Sports Talk Network going live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Links to the show on our Twitter timeline, also Instagram and TikTok for more of our content. Now we got to thank our sponsors before we officially get going because they make it happen and they make it free for you and they help you out like Wilson County Hyundai. So if you're looking for a brand new vehicle, uh, especially around the holidays, make Wilson County Hyundai a part of that new car buying process in Lebanon or at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. The Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm your health plans, get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans, it's better coverage rates and service. Learn more about a plan for you, fbhp.com slash atoz. And Hughes and Coleman Injury Lawyers, the official injury lawyers of the Titans. If you've been injured in a car wreck, call them. Free case consultation, 800-800-4600. So, Sam, in for Zach today again. And uh, uh, when we can, uh, you know, we had some good good updates uh, there uh, with A to Z is why Zach's not on the show for today, but he'll be back. Uh, next week uh but sam uh honky tonk in the youtube chat pre-show when he was chatting in the waiting room uh was responding and reacting to the title today's show the titans uh put their haters to the test with an upset chance against aj in the eagles and honky tonk said who are the haters so sam i'll toss it to you who are the titans haters as of right now with this team sitting at seven and four in the three seed in the afc I mean, they know who they are. I'll say that much. I mean, it is, uh, let's see, name a few uh, specifically. Richard Sherman uh, went over him last week. He's a Titans hater. Any national media member that doesn't give this team enough credit, hater. People who don't think that they can compete with the best in the NFL, hater. That's who the Titans haters are to me. Uh, So I, I feel like Titans fans out there have a nice laundry list going of everybody that has spited this team. But all of those doubters are put to the test this weekend because for all the people that say they can't beat good teams or that they're not contenders, we're going to uh, see them against the very best and see how they stack up this weekend. So that is the test that these haters are being put to today. And uh, some of them, if the Titans were to upset the Eagles in Philly, would have to eat their words, which gets us into uh, kind of our discussion here today, Austin. Absolutely. And uh, Sam, you were at the Monday press conference when Mike Vrabel, Robert Woods, and Kevin Byard were uh, were talking to you guys, the Titans daily media. Uh, Kevin Byard was asked a question kind of along this topic, right? Yeah, no. Uh, so, I mean, that's been the story going on and, and another tough loss to the Bengals. And it kind of felt like that loss to the Bengals was you know, it, it reminiscent of the playoff game. It's frustrating. And they've been in the spot this season where they beat up on the teams in the division. 
Uh, but the Titans have one win this season against a team with a winning record. That is the Washington Commanders, who at the time were starting Carson Wentz. And you and I said on the postgame show, like, okay, you won the game, but I don't know how impressive of a win that is because it's the Washington Commanders. Now they have a winning record, but that's your only win against these playoff contending teams. Kevin Byer, Titan Safety, as you mentioned, was asked uh, by Paul Kaharski if it was concerning that the Titans hadn't won any of these big games. Here's what KB had to say. Yesterday, you maybe weren't sure what the not beating the, the better teams on the schedule meant. I'm just wondering if, if, if overnight and kind of with some time to think about it, you have a, a, a better sense of that and if it's cause for concern. I wouldn't say it's a cause for concern, but it is frustrating. Obviously, you go into these teams, I mean, these games against teams that, you know, they're going to be there in the playoffs and, and we don't win those ball games. It's frustrating for us, frustrating as a team because we feel like we're one of those teams as well. We feel like we know that we're a really good team. We feel like we're going to be there in January. Um, so to not beat those teams is, is, is disappointing at the time. But, you know, I wouldn't say it's a cause for concern because, you know, more than likely we'll see one of these teams, you know, in January when we get to the playoffs. That is Kevin Byard. Austin, you hadn't seen that yet. So what's no. your initial reaction? Well, I, you know, he's right. Kevin Byard says the Titans will be there in January. And, you know, week 18 is in January. So they'll be there in wildcard weekend. But I think if if you are one of the Titans haters that you, can, you kind of talked about, the Titans haters will say, well, yeah, the Titans are going to be there in, in the playoffs because the division sucks and the Titans are going to win the AFC South basically – by default because the Colts are terrible. Matt Ryan's uh, now old. Uh, the Jags are still not in any point to compete. And the Texans are the worst team in football. So like, that's what the haters will say. But Kevin Byard's right. And I and I do think it it is frustrating. And when you look at the – like who are the, the teams that we're talking about here that the Titans cannot play with, right? It's the Bills. They ran into a buzzsaw in week two on Monday night against Buffalo. And Buffalo blew them out. Then the Kansas City Chiefs game, Sunday night football, without your starting quarterback, you're starting Malik Willis for the second time. You take that thing to overtime before Pat Mahomes uh, just outlasts the Titans. And I think, you know, that's a that's a net positive Titans. I think if you're looking overall at this culture of, of the team and how they have it set up. And I think the real bummer is the, the Bengals game. If the Titans beat the Bengals, I don't think – you're having this conversation. I think you understand what the Bills game was. You understand, and I think you have a positive swing about the Chiefs' loss, and then they beat the Bengals, and all is well, right? I mean, I think losing to Cincinnati is the one that really uh, you know, fuels the haters with their ammo to go after and discredit what the Titans have done uh, to get the 7-4, and four, winning 7 of their last 9. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, the Giants game is another one. It's a good team that you came yeah. up short with on a last-second kick, but that's week one, right. and I think that there's, like, that feeling of, okay, well, it was week one. It was, you know, too long ago to even apply to the current team now in their current state, but, yeah, that Bengals one brings up a lot of those memories of the playoffs last year, and it starts to kind of highlight eight and three to seven and four is a big difference, and now you can look at the Titans and say, well, look at all these games that you've lost, uh, you haven't played a good team yet, so down the stretch here, uh, I think they need a couple wins to to prove themselves to national media, to a lot of the people that don't think that they can contend late in the season. They have to beat these teams eventually if they want to earn that respect. 
Yeah, and they have to start winning games. Like like right now, the Titans have lost key tiebreakers to Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cincinnati. Yeah. They don't play the Ravens. They don't play the Dolphins. So there's an opportunity for the Titans to uh, be behind all of the other division winners uh, if that plays out that way. And the Titans are the four seed playing the five seed, which I think the five seed in the AFC is a Super Bowl threat. <laughs> like, like the, the top wild card team in the AFC, yeah. whether it's the Bills or the Dolphins or whoever doesn't win the North, is a is a serious contender to win the Super Bowl or to at least go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. Yeah, nobody really, like, it, normally the th- difference between the three or the four seed or whatever it is doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. You're probably traveling for the AFC championship game in either scenario, so it's like maybe you get a second home playoff game, still probably not. It doesn't usually matter. It matters right now, and I think earlier in the week, earlier in the year, it's too early to look at that stuff early in the year because you look at, or right now the the Bills or the seven seed or something like that where you're playing a great team, but it's going to be one of Buffalo or Miami. I think is probably a slam dunk for the five seed, uh, and I, if I'm the Titans, I don't want to see either of those teams in the first round. Like that is worst case scenario is having to play the loser of the AFC South or the AFC East rather mm-hmm. in the first round. That would be worst case scenario. That's a nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. So let's ask this question. And, and again, the conversation, the Titans can put these haters to the test with an upset chance against AJ Brown and the Eagles. Let's get you guys involved more here this morning on a Friday. Are the Titans contenders or pretenders in the AFC, it's a pretty simple question. Are they contenders or pretenders in the AFC right now? Uh, but first, before we get to all of your answers, let me tell you guys about the Bone and Joint Institute. I tell you what, the Bone and Joint Institute, there is nothing pretending about them. They will help you get back to health if you have an unfortunate injury, and however it happens, if it's if it's in sports, if it's playing uh, rec league softball with your buddies, if it's uh, intramurals in college, or if your son or daughter gets hurt playing youth or high school sports, the Bone and Joint Institute is the place to go in the region. And by region, I don't just mean Williamson County or, or Nashville Metro. I, that includes Southern Kentucky and Northern Alabama. The Bone and Joint Institute in Franklin has the best resources in the region to get you back when it comes to uh, orthopedic help uh, right there. So make sure you know where to turn. Bone and Joint Institute, their website, boneandjointtn.org. Today's show is powered by BetMGM. BetMGM is the king of sports books. And when you use the promo code ATOZ Sports on the BetMGM app, you get a risk free bet up to $1,000 on pro football. No reason not to do it when it is risk free. So, right now, uh, we're talking contenders, pretenders, however you feel about the Tennessee Titans. Go ahead and place that wager. Just make sure you're doing it on BetMGM and using that promo code ATOZ Sports on the BetMGM app and a risk free bet up to $1,000 on pro football. All right. The question we're asking are the Titans contenders or pretenders in the AFC? I'm attempting to scroll up uh, to the top of the comments. I got it now. So, hey, Steven starts us off by saying pretenders. Uh, D good says with the offensive line, they're pretenders. Lou man says contenders uh, there on YouTube. KG on YouTube says contenders. No doubt. Tighten up says pretenders. 
Jake splits it up. He says defensively, yes, contenders. Offensively, without Derek, they're pretenders. So without Derek, as in without Derek Henry on the field, without Derek Henry being effective, with Derek Henry injured, like I don't know, I don't know where Jake's. Yeah, I mean, I I would call, I would throw a flag on that, Jake. I mean, I think you got to pick one. That's part of the question. Is is, uh, any team like you can say, well, without Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs are pretenders. So I mean, with the team as it is, assuming Derrick Henry is healthy, their style of football does it translate? That's the question. Yeah, uh, Titans Kyle on YouTube says contenders because of that defense. Um, let's see, uh, Stephen Wood Jr. says pretenders. Now we got a string of contenders with Jimbo, Dago, and Jacoby. Jacoby, excuse me, with contenders. Xavier's also a contender here. Vote. Um, uh, Jarrell says it hurts. Now, I don't know if that's a pun or not, but it hurts, but it's a, <laughs> that the Titans are pretenders. Eric Castillo says pretenders. Vasa on uh, YouTube contenders. Travis says reluctantly pretenders. Jabu contenders with question mark. I think that's fair. Uh, Jeremy uh, Michael says contender. The passing game is coming alive. The run game has got to get better, though. Jonathan Caverly says pretenders. Uh, so that's some of the comments. You guys continue to comment. We'll, we'll uh, go back to those throughout here um and so sam what do you think are the titans contenders or pretenders in the afc i think they're contenders and and i know that like their style of football is not pretty it's not what the nfl wants to advertise sometimes it's not what fans want to see i still think the titans are contenders i think they're contenders for a couple reasons number one is that defense that was brought up by the chat this defense gets off the field on third down they're effective in the red zone they bend they don't break they keep them in games they have not given up 20 points in regulation uh before last week there was a long stretch where they they hadn't done 20 points in regulation that keeps you in every football game uh and i think mike vrabel is another reason why i put the titans in the contender category they're not the favorite by any means, but they have shown over the last couple of weeks that they beat the teams they're supposed to. And the teams that are right up there in that contender bubble, they play tough. Like we sat here talking about that Kansas city game and said, they win that game. If Ryan Tannehill is their starting quarterback right there, they played well enough to beat Kansas city. Kansas city is the slam dunk number one in the eyes of everybody in the AFC right now. Uh, you probably beat Cincinnati if not for a couple plays, and it's always going to come down to a couple plays. So I, I also want to separate last year's team from this year's team. Not the same team. Them losing in the playoffs last year doesn't mean they're going to do it this year. And just because you didn't win the Super Bowl doesn't mean you weren't a contender to do so. So I think the Titans are a contender. And until they prove me otherwise, uh, I firmly believe that to be the case. Yeah, so my overall uh, answer is also contender. I, I don't think they're pretenders. I think they're going to be in any type of game they play. I think that Bills game has proven to be somewhat of an anomaly, an outlier. It, it The Bills game, when it happened, was the biggest loss that Mike Vrabel has had in four-plus seasons as Titans head coach. And you don't see the Titans getting blown out like they did. It was a the worst thing's going to happen type of game there. So Bill Barnwell of ESPN.com, uh, who I, you know, I, I have a interesting thought on Bill Barnwell. Sometimes he does good, really good work. Other times he looks like this guy from South Park in his basement uh, oh, trying boy. to pump out content. But Bill Barnwell 
uh, did, I think, put together something that was interesting uh, this week, and it was uh, the NFL contenders' biggest weaknesses and playoff teams to avoid. And so he's got, in the NFL, both AFC and NFC, he's got it narrowed down to 10 teams. He yeah. has 10 teams that are considered contenders, right? And so he's got them ranked from 10 to 1. Six of these 10 teams are AFC teams. Four of them are NFC teams. The four NFC teams are the Eagles, who the Titans play, uh, the Cowboys, the Vikings, and the San Francisco 49ers. So he's basically leaving out an entire division uh, of the NFC South. Fair enough. <laughs> very fair to do that. But the uh, the AFC teams that he has as contenders are Kansas City, Buffalo, Baltimore, Miami, the Titans, and the Bengals. And he's got the Bengals actually at number 10 behind the Titans who come in at number nine. And he has the Titans' fatal flaw is the play-action defense. Because the Titans are so good at uh, stopping the run, uh, they have the uh, uh, potential to get burned with play-action pass and what happens uh, in the playoffs uh, when they face a team that has a strong play-action pass uh, team and uh, game. And the team to avoid for the Titans, Bill Barnwell says, are the Buffalo Bills. But I, I just think the Titans, we have not seen the Titans offense at its best yet in my opinion i think the titans offense still has their best football of the season ahead of them we've seen glimpses and moments of really effective efficient explosive offense balanced offense but you know the packers game and scoring 27 points on thursday night football is the closest thing we've seen to putting it all together and even there i think they left um some points on the field, you know, an extra miss extra point, uh, Tannehill throwing the pick that could have extended that maybe score 30 for the first time uh, this season. Jake says we did see that in green Bay. I think they can be better than what they were in green Bay overall. So that leaves me to believe the defense is very good. They need Danico Autry back. They need to settle in with some of their busts that they had against the Bengals and play better on the outside. But I, I think, I think this team's best football is ahead of them, and that's the right way to play it. It's okay to not have your best football in September and October, but to get to your best football in December, that's when you want to start peaking. I mean, what did we talk about yesterday? We talked about a couple things. Number one is Traylon Burks and uh, how much he has become a part of this offense and the sudden growth that we have seen from the rookie maybe unlocking a little bit of their passing game. And if Traylon Burks can do that, that's another dimension. The second thing we talked about uh, was Derrick Henry. And, and we've talked, seen the Derrick Henry 102 yards per game in December and January. That has been something that, uh, you know, I asked Derrick about it yesterday. He said, I don't know what it is. I asked Todd Downing why he thought Derrick did that. And he said, well, it's a testament to, Derek's conditioning, his commitment, and the philosophy of football here that we stay physical in December and January when some of these other teams might be ready to pack it up and call it a season. So it, if these are things that are continuing to get better with the Titans offense, I agree with you. And uh, I think certainly the Titans defense is a different defense than what it was weeks one and week two. That was a trial period. They had to figure some stuff out. And since week three, we have seen them be a much different unit that has been consistently competitive and very good. Uh, 
last year, nobody thought Cincinnati was contenders. Like they went into that playoffs being like, yeah, I guess they're fun, but like they're not actually going to win the Super Bowl or go to the Super Bowl. Uh, and sure enough, they beat everybody in the AFC that they had to. So you never really know if you're one of those top teams in the playoff picture. And right now, uh, the Titans are one of those top teams, which is, again, why I throw them in the contender bucket. Uh, and this will certainly cement that if they can pull off a win in Philadelphia. Yeah. And and so uh, somebody did ask, uh, and I want to go back and find this because I was just looking this up as you were going through your point there, Sam. Somebody asked, uh, Jeremy, uh, on uh, YouTube, do we know how often Vrabel loses back-to-back games? I think that's an interesting point. And obviously the Titans started 0-2 this season, so there's one. And I just went back and looked. And if we say with Ryan Tannehill as the starter, so if you, you, know, if you remove the first six games of his uh, of 2019 when Marcus Mariota lost back-to-back games in week two and week three against the Colton Jags. Mariota lost back-to-back games uh, in week uh, five and six against the Bills and the Broncos. Then Tannehill took over. So every year with Ryan Tannehill, they've lost back-to-back games once. So in 2019, they did it uh, against Houston and New Orleans late in the season. If you remember that Saints game had zero playoff implications for either team. Derrick Henry sat out. Jeffrey Simmons sat out. The Titans lost that game where they could have won it, but they lost back-to-back against Houston and the Saints in 2019 late. In 2020, the Titans lost back-to-back games. If you remember, started 5-0, lost to Pittsburgh at home with a missed ex- miss field goal by Skoskowski. Then they lose to Joe Burrow on those Bengals, right? Then they get it together. They win the division 11-5. to 2021, Mike Vrabel's Titans team last season lost back-to-back games versus the Texans in the rain, five turnover, four interception game from Tannehill. And then the next week had two 100-yard rushers with Hilliard and Foreman, but lost up in New England by a lot. And so that's, you know, one, it's happened once with Ryan Tannehill as a starter. So, you know, it's already happened once this season. Does that yep. make you feel any better about this Eagles game? Because it happened because they just come off the loss here. I, I mean, I don't know if it makes me feel, I, I don't know if it means a ton to me. I mean, it does speak to um, just the culture of Mike Vrabel and his ability to consistently have them competitive. Like things don't spiral on your team when your head coach keeps you in football games and puts you in a position to succeed. It just doesn't really work that way. You tend to bounce back uh, and to stay competitive all the way through. So that's really what I attribute it to. I'm not sure it makes me feel better or worse or anything other than knowing I don't think the Titans get blown out. And as good as Philadelphia is, I think the Eagles are the most complete team in the NFL. I think they're better than Kansas City. I think they're better than Buffalo. Like, I don't look at this roster – and see a weakness really any much of anywhere. Like they've been pretty strong in, in, in most areas of football, which is why this is the ultimate test. But uh, I, I still don't believe the Titans get blown out. I think they play it tight. I think it's a one possession game. I'm surprised if it's not. All right. So let's ask this question, Sam. It's, I think it's a natural follow-up to our conversation, contenders versus pretenders in the AFC for the Titans. If the Titans beat the Eagles Sunday, how does that change the pretender narrative around this team. If the Titans beat the Eagles on Sunday, how does that change 
the narrative around Mike Vrabel's team. But let me tell you guys about Farm Bureau Health Plans. You can get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans. That's better health coverage for you, for your family, whatever your situation is. You can plan on them for health, dental, and vision. And they've been doing it for Tennesseans at a high level for now over 75 years. And there's so many different types of ways that Farm Bureau Health Plans can help you out. Maybe uh, you don't have health coverage through your employer. Uh, maybe you're a young guy just out of college, young man or woman out of college, and you're on your parents' plan, and you know, you're trying to figure out what that next step is in your life when you have to go do your own health coverage. Farm Bureau Health Plans is the way to go. Again, fbhp.com slash ATOZ is how to do it. Uh, Zach Bingham saved 20% per month from his health coverage when he jumped on board. Jack Ginger jumped on board. Uh, so you can do it too, just like the, the folks at A to Z Sports. So again, to how to get involved with Farm Bureau Health Plans for better coverage, rates, and service, fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Today's show is powered by BetMGM. BetMGM is known as the king of sportsbooks and for good reason because this pro football season, they offer a risk-free bet up to $1,000 on pro football when you use the promo code ATOZ Sports. Find your picks for this weekend, settle in, place them on BetMGM, use promo code ATOZ Sports, and enjoy a risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars no reason not to do it when it's risk free using betmgm.com and the betmgm app yep visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions 21 or to see only new customer offer all promotions total qualification eligible requirements awards issued is knowledgeable for bets credit for best expiring seven days for problem game support call tennessee redline 800-889-9789 sam asking the question now if the titans beat the eagles does it change the narrative and danny just says no narrative changes with a win that's interesting have you seen some other comments you want to go to yeah i'm anton says uh well people say the eagles suck so the narrative would be the eagles didn't beat anyone good uh that's one that i'm seeing right there let's see what else we got here nick says they that they actually beat a team over 500 that will be uh the narrative orlando says it'll give us a win against a good team but won't change the narrative uh johnny says none still lost all the afc best uh playoff teams so yeah i'm not sure yeah justin says fluke will be the narrative so i'm not sure titans fans are convinced that a win changes the narrative and if you're talking about the national media narrative austin i agree i i don't think a win over the eagles changes anything in terms of how the titans are going to be talked about because nfl media is always looking for a reason to discredit a team it's the reason why the nine and two I believe they're nine and two Minnesota Vikings are sitting here getting ripped apart for being nine and two with two blowout losses, but saying, well, they didn't beat anybody. So if the Titans beat the Eagles, I don't think it changes the Titans narrative as much as it changes the Eagles narrative. It turns into, well, the Eagles haven't beat anybody as one of the commenters mentioned, but their national media is always going to doubt the Tennessee Titans because they don't have the quarterback. They don't have the playmaking wide receivers. They're not fun or pretty on paper. And so when you look at projecting a playoff team, they're not the fun pick. So no, I don't think it will change how they're perceived or how people view them as contenders in the AFC because of the other point that was pointed out. They did lose to the Bills and the Chiefs. And that's what will continue to be the story as you head into the AFC playoff picture of, well, they can't beat the teams that they'll have to play. I don't think it 
I think it should. I mean, like I said, I think they're contenders and beating Philadelphia just cements that for me that they really can beat anybody. But national media will look for any excuse to discredit this team because they're not fun on paper. Well, and, so, no, I don't well, think it does. Especially when you're playing a, a, a large market team like the Philadelphia Eagles, the national media is always going to go to the story that has the bigger audience. And the Eagles have a bigger audience than the Titans. So I, I get your point there. And that's what the, the conversation afterwards will be. Well, are the Eagles legit or have they taken advantage of the Packers being down and they take advantage of the Cardinals and they got the Vikings early, right? You know, they, they had the Texans and the, the Jags and the commanders early too. And the Colts suck. Now they beat the Cowboys with Cooper rush. Like all these things crop up into the conversation about the Eagles. When you're, you're looking at the Titans that are just rolling through playing a bunch of close games, figuring out how to win both of them. And or most of those close games, and you know they had some slip away, but the Titans are rolling and are confident in who they are. I, you know, I kind of have to agree. I think it would. I think it's wrong that the that the narrative won't change about the Titans if they beat the Eagles. Is they go on the road and beat the highest scoring, best, most explosive offense in football that's running the ball like crazy? They can throw the ball all over the place. You know, I think it would be ridiculous to not give the Titans more credit. Um, so I think Mike Vrabel is also a factor in this too. Because yeah, national I mean, media like, does trust him. No, yeah. I mean, it just comes down to, like, what did we see in Green Bay? We saw an awesome, full-team, dynamic, well-rounded Titans win in primetime on the road and a tough place to play. And the story that I ranted about, and this is going to be multiple shows in a row now that I've gone off on Richard Sherman and the Amazon Prime crew, but yeah. the story was, all right, that's cool, but they don't have A.J. Brown anymore. And the reason, like, national media does not invest time into the Titans to watch the Titans play, to understand what they're trying to do. They look at it from a, a bird's-eye view, looking down on the Tennessee Titans, saying, well, they traded A.J. Brown, so their team must be worse, so they must not be contenders. And that's not going to go away until you win playoff games on a national stage. Even if they beat the Eagles, like you said, the attention goes to Philly. The attention goes to, did we are the Eagles worse than we thought they did? Nobody stops to realize, maybe the Titans are just doing what the Titans do, and they will always stay competitive and always win these games and they're a dangerous team come playoff time. Unfortunately, the narrative of 2022 in Tennessee is the A.J. Brown-less Tennessee Titans. And until you watch the games and really invest in this team, you're like, well, that's they must be a worse team because they don't have A.J. Brown, which is probably true. But then it's, well, then they must not be capable of doing anything come playoff time. Sam, we kind of talk about this this morning. Uh, we opened our BetMGM apps in our, our pre-show conversation and noticed that the Eagles are just four and a half point favorites against the Titans. Remember, in Kansas City, Sunday Night Football, the Titans were what twelve and a half, maybe thirteen. That was with Malik Willis starting, uh, and so. But we knew Tannehill did travel, and, and that that number was high even when there was a thought that Tannehill could play or it was an unknown and Tannehill's probably worth, you know, at least a field goal, but it's just four and a half to the Eagles. Did that surprise you from the odds makers that it's not bigger? No, it didn't. Uh, I mean, I am, 
I know you were surprised. Yeah. Like I said, I expect, I'm shocked if this is more than a one score game. And like, I know on paper, Philadelphia is the better team. I do think they are the better team pound for pound. And the Titans have an uphill battle to try and win this game. But I like, I just, I have a really hard time seeing the Titans get blown out. They don't do it. They are competitive. Like that is what their style of football and what Mike Vrabel brings to the table where at most they what lose by a touchdown. Like that's my perspective on it. So like, no, I don't think four and a half is, is shocking because you cover if you're down by a field goal or by four, and then it, you lose by a touchdown. You don't cover like that feels like the right number to me. I think they're in the game till the end. Yeah, Orlando says, you know who else was a four-point favorite? The Bills last night and what happened. Yeah, but that was in New England. Like, that, that's, that was a road game. The Eagles yeah. are at home. The Eagles are at home and just a four-and-a-half-point favorite against the Titans who come off a loss where they could only score 16 points, and the Eagles put up a, a crap ton against the Packers and did it by running for 360 yards. Like, the Eagles' box score against the Packers was that of a college football uh, power five team playing a group of five team. Like nobody runs for 362 yards. No, yeah, that... in, a, in a game in the NFL, the Titans ran for 300 uh, up against um, the uh, the Texans a month ago. But that's re- I mean that's ridiculous. The Texans might as well be a group of five team. The Packers are bad, but they're not that bad. Could Alabama beat the Texans? People, people are asking. <laughs> not this year. Not this year. Not this year. Georgia. Georgia and the Titans, I mean, I'm just kidding. But Some people are asking, Austin. Yeah, we have right. to have the conversation. If Tennessee had Hinton Hooker, could they beat the Texans? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but but yeah, that's, you know, it's. I guess the why I'm so shocked is because it was at Kansas City, minus the Chiefs minus, I think he got up to 13 and a half, right? Yeah. And that was without Tannehill. Let's just say it's, Tannehill was playing. It's still probably eight and a half. It was without Traylon Burks too. Yeah, but wide receivers don't move spreads, especially rookie wide receivers who haven't caught a touchdown pass yet. You know, like like that's not going to change Vegas's opinion. So quarterbacks move move lines. Nobody else really does. And so if it's you know double the spread for Kansas City and what I just find that interesting. Well, I think the Titans proved a lot in Kansas City. I mean, like, I think that's the difference is you went into Kansas City saying they were going to get blown out. I, I thought they were going to lose by, you know, 30 when I heard Ryan Tannehill wasn't playing in Kansas City. And taking them to overtime kind of cemented what I was saying earlier of being like, okay, this team's going to play everybody close. And so I think that, I mean, that's the difference looking at this spread to that spread is – Four and a half is probably Vegas odds makers being like, yeah, let's not underestimate these guys and and put it around 10 points again. Obviously, Ryan Tannehill returning is worth a couple points on on the spread, but the Titans have continued to prove themselves as just playing close games. Yeah, absolutely. A to Z Sports here live on this Friday show. We're going to get to Ain't That Good News here later on. Soup says the Eagles don't cover spreads. Yeah, and, and everybody, we agree that, yes, the tech, any NFL team would be any college football team, and it would not be even close. The Eagles do, and early in the season, the Eagles were covering half their first half spreads uh, like it was, like, like with ease. So, you know, all right. So, uh, Adam says, are you taking the Eagles to cover them? No, I, I, I usually don't bet NFL spreads. I feel like that's a trap. I just, I, I do look at them, and I try to analyze how that might look like 
how the game might play out based off of what Vegas thinks. And I thought four and a half was a lot lower than I had expected um, it to be. So Sam, let's get to this because I did see uh, a comment that kind of transition us transitions us nicely. Jake says, Austin, you mean like the 12 team playoff going to cause with blowouts? Ohio state will be paired with Tulane at the moment. That's trash. So yeah, we're going to talk about this. Sam demanded. He pounded the table. Dwight Schrute winning the award, pounding the podium. I need to talk about the playoff expanding. So yep. we're going to we're going to do that. All right, we're going to set up what it would look like with the college football playoff expansion. And we're going to know this from all of you guys. Do you buy or sell the expanded 12 team college football playoff format? Do you buy or sell the college football 12 team expanded format. But let me tell you guys about Hughes and Coleman. I'll tell you this. If you've been injured in a car wreck, you need to call them for a free case consultation and let them go win you every dollar you possibly deserve from the insurance company because Hughes and Coleman, they have the resources to do it. They had the track record to prove it as well by recovering over $1 billion for their clients in Tennessee and in Kentucky, they can do it for you. They're the official injury lawyers of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, they're the official injury lawyers of any of these sports. So if you've been injured in a car wreck, call Hughes and Coleman for a free case consultation. Their number is 800-800-4600. Hughes and Coleman Injury Lawyers, Principal Office, Nashville, Tennessee. Today's show is powered by BetMGM. BetMGM, the king of sports books, offering a risk-free bet on pro football up to one thousand dollars when you use promo code atoz sports on the bet mgm app we were just talking about the number for this weekend titans and eagles titans four and a half point underdogs so whether you think you know that number's too high we we play close games the titans are going to cover whether or not you think well uh no the eagles are better than the titans and they should blow them out by way more than four and a half points Place your thoughts on that spread, any other spread, any player prop, whatever bet it is you have on the NFL for this weekend. Make sure it's on BetMGM and make sure it's promo code ATOZ Sports on the app to get a risk free bet up to $1,000. All right, Sue, so do you buy or sell the college football playoffs 12 team expansion that is happening in two seasons from now? So the 2024 season that turns into January of 2025, we'll see the college football playoff expand from four to 12 teams. So we asked you buy or sell. Uh, I'll set it up real quick. There's already a bunch of comments coming in, but you know, for, you know, exercise purposes, this is what it would look like this season, right? 12 teams, the top four teams get a buy. And then the first round, so 9 verse 8, 5 verse 12, 6 verse 11, and 7 verse 10 played on the home college campuses of the higher-seeded school. So uh, Penn State hosts Clemson. Ohio State hosts the Green Wave of Tulane. Tennessee hosts Kansas State. And Alabama would host the Utah Utes. Then, obviously, you know you have the winner go up, and it kind of matches the same numbers as NCAA tournament seedings as you get closer and neutral site wrote uh, big six games that follow the quarterfinal semifinals before that playoff. So, you know, I like the idea of the home game there uh, for the higher seed in that first round, you know, you know, Tennessee, Michigan, Rose bowl, sign me up, right? Alabama, TCU, cotton bowl, 
it, that's a great matchup for TCU right there. So there's a lot of interesting matchups here, Sam. So going, I'll send you to the chat. Are people buying or selling this idea? All right, let's see. Jake is giving a sell, sell, sell. Rooney is selling. Jonathan's buying. Steven says buy more games is more money. Johnny is buying. MB is buying. Guy is buying. Orlando's buying at full price. Yuri is selling. Steven is buying. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Aaron says buy. Honky Tonk says buy. Ronnie says buy. Steven says sell. College football would outrank NFL with this move. Uh, Zach says buy. Jarrell says buy. Um, let's see. KG doesn't like college at all. Says college is doo-doo. Um, what else we got? Buy from Scott. Buy from Henry. Um, buy more football, Pistol Ramsey. Buying from Jermel says, I love this style. Make that happen soon. Well, it is happening soon. 2024, Jermel, as Austin said, it is happening. This is not a uh, an idea, anything anymore. It, it, this is going to happen. Uh, so, yeah, it looks like the chat pretty overwhelmingly towards buy, Austin. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I want you to go because I've got some numbers that I want. I want to hear your opinion, and then I want to be able to have you react to my numbers here. Yeah. So I will argue this with anybody on the planet. Uh, I will argue it till the day that I'm no longer on this planet. This is the best thing that has happened to college football ever. This is... This is a great moment for college football. It's a great moment for sports fans. I am buying this. I'm paying triple price. I don't care what it costs. Buy, 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 buy. The college football 12-team playoff is incredible. I, like, I, I love every... There is no argument against it for me. I, I don't see one. I don't care about blowouts. I don't care. They get blown out anyway. Like, give me more teams, more money, more fan bases excited, more cause for conversation, more football games. And the one time that there is a Cinderella story, it's one of the greatest moments in sports history. It is a buy all the way, and you, there is an undisputed national champion if you can go through that gauntlet of the top 12 teams in the country to win it all. I don't see an argument against it. And I like this elitist mentality that is uh, in college football among the top two or three programs saying you have to be perfect. That's why it's so great. It's it ruins the sport. It's why I've never cared. It's why half the country doesn't care because you lose one game and your season's over on September 15th. Like there's no fun in college football when the games don't like they don't matter once you lose a game. So play for something play for the top 12, play for the playoff, play for a national title chance. It's amazing. I love every bit of it. I'll hear your numbers. Uh, yeah, and I'll react however, but this is really, really good for college football. And personally, Austin, as somebody who we've talked about, I grew up watching college basketball. I'm a college basketball fan because I always felt like I had something to root for. Get in the tournament. We'll see what happens. And being from Big Ten country uh, for programs that not necessarily have any real football aspirations, this now pulls me back in to say, well, you know, we can go nine and three, have a good year, and maybe we sneak into the college football playoff and then anything can happen. It, it gets more people invested. And I know it's probably a hot take down here, but this SEC show is no fun. It ruins college football. 
Like nobody cares other than people in six states. So like that's my little rant. But I want to make the rest of the country care about college football because I think it's a really cool product uh, that I just have a hard time buying into because none of the games mean anything. I can look at the schedule for last week and or even like five weeks ago, I'll scroll down and be like, yeah, that's a fun matchup between two teams. I don't care about Washington, Washington State, because what does it matter? Like at the end of the day. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm so really, really passionate about yeah. this. I've been asking for an expansion for a long time. So I, I had been uh, against expansion for a long time because I like the elitist aspect of it that one power five team at minimum will be left out of the party and that forces them to get better. The Pac-12 has been left out for a long, long time. It hasn't forced them to get better though. I mean, kind of. Like, but now USC is going to leave the Pac-12 and go to the Big Ten. So it's basically led to the Pac-12 uh, potentially dissolving. Um, and so how I, I, I have mixed feelings about this because I, I love college football and I truly do think that if once we get to this, sign me up on all of this. I'm going to watch all those games. I'm going to bet on all those games. I'm going to be glued to my television for all, all of them, all of these matchups uh, that I'm going to be paying attention to. But I, I do think having a three loss team, when you play a, a 12 game regular season, having a three loss team, having an opportunity to potentially win a college football national championship Her, does it's awesome. Me, it rubs me the wrong way. I, I, I do because the, the regular season being so valuable is what also makes college football fantastic. And so I, I don't like that necessarily. So here are my numbers that I was going to share. So there have been 24 and big, big 10, Jeff, you're right. I was going to bring up the blowout numbers. There have been 24 games played in the eight years of the college football playoff. There are two semifinal games every year and one championship. In the 16 semifinal games, there are only four games that had a final score under 10 points. So okay. 25% of the time, they were single-digit games. And that single-digit, there was one of those, it was a nine-point game, right? That's still two touchdowns, two, two full scores. So 25% of the time, the semifinals have been close 75% blowouts. Now you take it to the national championship game that is supposed to be the best two teams in college football and three of eight have been decided by single digits. Five have been double-digit victories. And so now you're sitting at 29% of these 24 games have been decided by nine points or less. It just hasn't been good matchups. And that's with four. With 12, it's going to get even bloodier. You want my reaction to that? Yeah. That's why you expand. Because the, the college football has a problem with lack of parity. It has a problem with Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. Those four teams. As good as Tennessee was this year... Tennessee had no chance to win the national championship. You knew that coming into the season. And that's my issue with college football. Like Texas fans come in like, well, we're excited about Quinn Ewers. You're not winning the national title. 
If you play in the Pac-12, you're not winning the national title. Like, there's such a limited number of teams that are actual contenders every year. And even in the, in the scope of Georgia versus Michigan, there's a gap there. It's too big of a gap. Now, the way to bridge that gap is not by saying, well, we're just going to give it, make run back Georgia, Alabama every no, damn so year. Sam, so because Sam, that's what it would be. So and, you need to put teams into the playoff. You have NIL now, which is a factor in bringing better players to, to different schools. And now there's the idea of I don't have to go to one of two programs to have a chance to win a national title. I can play in big time games in December and January with whoever. I can go to Utah and get seen on national television the same way that I can at Alabama. That's good for the sport. And yeah. over the more years you have that in place, the more you're going to see kids not going to the same two or three programs, but spreading out because the love is getting shared. And, and that's where I started this by saying I had been anti-expansion for a long time. And I, over the last, I don't know, maybe 12 to 13 months, I've changed my feeling. I am pro expansion, 12 teams, you know, that'd be interesting, right? Because we'll have to figure out, uh, will players that it could be high draft picks, that are, you know, teams nine through 12, where they have opt outs for the draft because of injury concerns of having to play not two, but an, an extra two rounds of playoffs to get to where you want to go. So I am pro and I am buying this because I absolutely agree. While the first few years of, of a 12 team playoff will create more blood drawn, it is better for the longevity of the sport. You've yep. got to get through the first three years of massive blowouts in the round of 12, the quarterfinals, semifinals, and the championship to be able to have that trickle down to more teams. I, I am everything you said, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, so and I see these comments. Uh, what Jake is saying, like those top two or three programs have all the money, and that there's only a like, couple teams that can really beat each other, anyways. I agree and I disagree, Jake. I, the who can beat who I disagree with. Like generally speaking, yes, but we've seen this year a couple times teams that have no business losing. Like Tennessee is one of those top teams. They lose to South Carolina. You've got Alabama. That, who, like, in, in, in but coming into the year, you would have thought Alabama was a slam dunk college football playoff team. And if you would have said, "Well, they have to play LSU." Uh, you would have thought, well, they're going to blow out LSU because they're on a different level than LSU right now. LSU beat them. So, but the way the way to answer for what you say down there is two or three programs have all the money is not to just keep giving them all the money by running them back to the college football playoff every year and having them be the national champion. At that point, like, what are we doing? Just name, why are we having a college football playoff? Georgia's the best team on paper. And and that that's not going to change anybody's opinion until you play games. So let's just call Georgia the national champion and call it quits. And TCU and USC and all these teams that have had big seasons. Uh, sorry, like yeah, go play and, in the Rose Bowl. Like, and I guess why I think I'm extra. Why I think twelve does work is because there is still a benefit to the top four, right? Yeah, you get you get a bye week. And why and you bring up the Tennessee uh, South Carolina game, 
Because if Tennessee, if it was already the 12-team uh, playoff, Tennessee goes into Columbia, South Carolina, and they say, look, there's really nothing that Tennessee can do to lose out on the top 12. You know, the only thing they could have done is lost to South Carolina and Vanderbilt. Yeah. Then they're out. But they say, look, we can walk into South Carolina and lose and then beat Vandy by 50 and Tennessee's in the top 12 and you're okay. And so that kind of sucks. But with the caveat of the bye week, Tennessee can walk into South Carolina like they did. And, and again, they completely overlooked South Carolina. And I think that's documented now and say, uh, you know, you beat South Carolina, you earn a buy. And in Tennessee's situation, they could have potentially beaten South Carolina, beaten Vandy, be the fourth team, and not had to play in the SEC championship game. So now they get two buys? Well, and Austin, too. I mean, like, the thing that we that you have to bring up is it, it helps the teams that, like, what do we have every year? We have teams moping about the rankings. The team that's number five is like, well, I, I wish I was number four. The best part about it is even if you're number five and you're like, well, we deserve that by guess what? You get to play who you probably view as a cupcake and you get to host a playoff game, yeah. which is yeah. money for the school. Yeah. And, so, and, and Jeff brought that up right as you said that too, or beat South Carolina, host the playoff game or lose and you go on the road. Right. Yeah. Or you want to be in that five to eight. Right. If you so, can't get the top four, you want to be the five to eight. So you don't want to be the nine to 12. And then the last thing that I have to say, pull up the bracket once again. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you said you have an issue with a three-loss team. It rubs you the wrong way that they can win a national championship. Austin, pick out a three-loss team on here real quick for oh, me. Oh, I mean, no, right right now there are well, not. Okay, but so Kansas State is a, is a three-loss well, team. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Kansas State. Yeah, and they and if Kansas State loses, and this is also the thing too of the conference championship games with a twelve-team playoff. Does the conference championship game now hurt the conference in a way? Because the Big 12 would love to have both TCU and Kansas State in the playoff, but one of those teams is going to get a loss. So now the Big 12 is like, man, uh, we hope Kansas State wins so they don't get bumped out of the 12. But see, like the deal is with Kansas State. Same thing with the Pac-12 and with Utah. Yeah, I mean the Kansas State right here, you are – you pull it up again real quick because I I want to make a point off of this graphic. If Kansas State as a three-loss team beats Tennessee – Beats beats Tennessee in Knoxville, beats Michigan in a Rose Bowl, beats TCU or Alabama in the semifinal, and beats Georgia in a national title game. I don't care how many losses you had in September and October. You are my national champion. And it goes both ways. Like Clemson has played an ugly year of football. If you beat Penn State, Georgia, USC, and or Ohio State or whoever it is, and then Michigan in the national title. That's a national champion. So I think it's a self-correcting issue where if it really is two or three elite teams, they're going to be there anyway. Yeah. But the Cinderella I, runs are going to be so worth it. And I, I, you cannot make an argument to me that a team that wins four games in that gauntlet in a row with many of them coming on the road doesn't deserve to be the national title. Like that's why you play the games. I, I think my biggest problem with it is – the conference championship game aspect because like Utah and Kansas state are underdogs in uh, their conference championship games. They both have three losses. Yeah. And they benefit from if they weren't in the game. Yes. If they lose that game, 
Now, Washington is number 12, but technically Tulane gets that spot because they're the uh, the highest-ranked group of five team. So now Washington, who is 10-2 and two, but did not win their division in their conference and did not play in that, benefits from not winning their division, and then they get bumped up. And then you have, like, you do benefit Florida State, who's 13? Like, if both Kansas State and Utah lose, does Washington and Florida State at a weird 10-2 and two for Washington and 9-3? and three, And then you got LSU at 14 who should lose to Georgia. It just, I guess that's the problem, is that you're always going to have three lost teams in it because of the conference championship losers. Yeah. But, but like, like I'm fine with that. And, and the reason I'm fine, it comes back to what I said. Like, I, I also love to, we haven't even mentioned the fact that Tulane is in that little picture because the top AP rated or college football playoff rated group of five yeah. gets in as well. Uh, so I if, you're, if you're number 12, then you're furious, right? If you're Washington right now, you're pissed because Tulane's at 18. But you're at 12, but you don't get in because Tulane bumps you. Well, I mean, somebody's always going to be upset, but it, it comes down to would you rather have a one-loss team that lost in September upset because they're ranked number five or have – like if TCU loses their conference championship game, there is a chance the committee takes them out of the playoff despite winning every game and being penalized for playing in a conference championship game that they might not win. Would you rather have a one-loss – TCU who has beat everybody all season and lost in the conference championship game upset or a three loss Florida state being yeah. like, man, we should have gotten that 12 spot. Like no, at no, that I, point, I, no, I I'm way better for teams ranked 12 through 15 to be pissed than teams ranked five through eight. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I'm, it just comes down to like, I, I think it gives everybody something to play for. And you're never really out of it until you're out of it. Like if you're in the six, seven, eight win territory, you're just the team that's playing for your bowl game and you're hoping to have a nice bowl game. If you start getting in the nine and 10 win category, then you actually care about the college football playoff late in the season. So like, I I know there's concerns. I think they're all self-correcting problems. And I agree with what you said earlier. Over time, this is better for college football because more fan bases I saw, I believe Nick was in here earlier saying he would be dreaming if Kansas State went on that run. And I'm sure somebody like, yeah, he said, crown my cats. I'm sure Nick is somebody that agrees. Uh-oh, Sam's gone. <laughs> what happened to Sam? Where did Sam go? Let's see how fast Sam can jump back in here. Whoa. What did you do? You took me out. Yeah, there we go. We're ba- I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I was scrolling with my mouse. It backed me out. But yeah, I got to get to Nick real quick. Nick, Nick is somebody that has to like this as a, as a Kansas State fan because like that's another program that I, I feel for of they have good seasons semi-regularly. Utah, Kansas State, a lot of these big 12 schools, but they're never going to compete for a national title unless you expand because they're always going to have two losses or something. They're never going to be able to get an edge over uh, some of these other Oklahoma and Texas, I guess now are headed to the sec, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be fun to be a K state fan and be watching your favorite college football team in November with national title hope still alive. That's good for the sport. It's going to sell out games. It's going to boost TV ratings. It's a lot of, uh, 
positive, positive, positive. I buy it, like I said. So this is why I wanted to talk about it, though, because I feel like we had to, uh, yeah, yeah, we had to talk about it. All right, well, let's go ahead and get to Ain't That Good News here on the show. But let me tell you guys about Wilson County Hyundai. If you're looking for a new ride this holiday season, Wilson County Hyundai has the deals and the products. That technology in the Hyundais, guys, these days are is incredible. To so go drive a little quick trip outside of Nashville. We're going to save money in Lebanon to go see our friends and Payne Bone at Wilson County Hyundai. Check them out. Make them a part of your new car buying process. If you're looking for a vehicle for your son or daughter, the new 16-year-old that might be coming around the corner, or just you, your wife, your husband, whoever it might be, go to WilsonCountyHyundai.com or go see them in Lebanon. Tell them A to Z sent you, and you'll get a great deal there with Wilson County Hyundai. Today's show is powered by BetMGM. BetMGM the king of sports books for good reason, giving you a risk-free bet on pro football up to $1,000 when you use the promo code ATOZ Sports on the BetMGM app. It means if you place your bet on any NFL team, any NFL bet you want, if it doesn't hit, it's risk-free. You get that money back into your account with a chance to replace a bet. You get another shot at it. More opportunities to win money with risk-free betting. No reason not to do it when it's risk-free. So, Find your NFL bet, place it on BetMGM, promo code ATOZ Sports on the King of Sportsbooks. All right, time for Ain't That Good News. Ain't That Good News every Friday. Uh, Denise says good news. Sam is back in the chat. I, I, look, people were saying that I kicked Sam out. I didn't touch anything. That did not disavow. Austin yeah, did not kick me I out. I did not Although, kick out Sam. He did not kick. Me. I didn't touch any. I didn't touch anything. No hands were on the computer uh, to uh, kick Sam out. But sometimes that happens. Uh, Aaron says, "Good news. Uh, uh, hope to get his Christmas shopping done before December 18th. Just got started this morning. Wish him luck." Uh, Sam, how's your Christmas shopping shopping going? Stagnant, but has it only... has it begun? And then no, like, I bought one thing. Me and my friends do a uh, we do a secret Santa mm-hmm. every year. I have my secret Santa present purchased. Uh, That's out of the way. The rest of it has not happened yet. So, but I'm a last second shopper every year. I always buy stuff like December 20th is when I go and Mm. I do my shopping. That's kind of just how I've always been. I don't know. Uh, I will say uh, we have taken great advantage of the pre-Black Friday deals and the Black Friday deals. I only have like two things left to do. See, I, I get now, it. I, now the problem is I am more of a like, I feel like I cherish the Christmas spirit a little bit more when I when I can think about what to buy someone for a longer period of time. It's like, ooh, like. There's just like an added element of like, I still can go buy gifts for people that keeps it alive. Yeah. But so far, not, not much progress on the Christmas present front, but I probably also need to get ahead of that because it always sneaks up on me. That's the other thing is I'm, I'm getting ready to buy something online or whatever. And then I look and it's December 15th and it's like, Oh, if it's two weeks shipping, you're out of Mm -hmm. luck here, buddy. Yeah. So the only problem with buying things early is that now my, my office has turned into the Christmas gift storage unit uh, for like a month. Uh, so other good news here, Jeff says, good news. Utah is going to beat USC and Ohio state will make the playoffs as the four seed. 
Uh, I think that would be good for Tennessee fans because Vol fans would rather go to the Orange Bowl instead of Ohio State trying to steal that Orange Bowl, but which I think is ridiculous. Uh, Jabu says, good news, the Utah Utes are going to beat USC tonight and put his Buckeyes in the playoffs. So we got two uh, with Big Ten Jeff and yeah. Jabu. Uh, Mr. Jones says, good news, U.S. soccer round of 16 match kicks out tomorrow morning. That was going to be my good news because I'm pumped. Games at nine. Uh, I've been watching these games. I've watched all three of them. Uh, so far through the through the pool play and group play, I'm pumped to get up early tomorrow. Not early. I'll be I'm up anyway. Game starts at nine. I'll be up for a couple hours. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for this. And I did see this, and I told Sam this before uh, we jumped on. I'm, I'm not calling this good news. This is just I'm adding information to the good news that is the U.S. is playing in a round of 16 game tomorrow. But in addition to that, here's extra information. This is coming from uh, a reporter covering the World Cup. Uh, based out of New York, but he's in World Cup, the World Cup. He says, it seems the flu has also hit the Dutch camp after the Brazilian one. Uh, before their World Cup round of 16 match tomorrow, they won't say how many players are sick, but it appears all-important playmaker Frankie de Jong is among the Dutch players hit oh, with no, the flu. Oh, no, not Frankie de Jong. Do you know who that is? No. Me either. But apparently he's an all-important playmaker for the Dutch. No so, known playmaker, Frankie De Jong. I mean, have you watched the Netherlands play uh soccer? Also in have the not last eight years. I've I think I've watched like two soccer games all in the last eight years, and they were both within the last week. Yes. And and uh to answer everybody's quick uh, question about Christian Pulisic, yes, he is he is ready to go. Yeah, let's see what so, else we got. Christian Pulisic's Frank is good. Frankie DeJong is not good. No, that I like what you did there. I got to address this one. Okay. Because surprisingly, Austin, I know we go on and on about what Sam has done or what hasn't done and making fun of my age and the young pup, all this stuff. I am an in-person Christmas shopper. Mm. I'm an in-person everything shopper. I... Maybe I've bought single digit things from Amazon in my life. I do not purchase things off. I like going in person, holding it in my hands, checking it out for myself and buying it that way. If, if you told me they have it at this store, which is an hour away, I don't order it. I drive and I go <laughs> look at it. No, no, I do. I, no. That is how I, that so is I wanted to get that uh, common misnomer about me. I, I'm an on, I, yeah, Ugh. Orlando says he hates online ordering. Stuff doesn't fit. It doesn't come as you think it will. I don't trust shipping processes. I want to see it in person to know what I'm getting. And uh, also with Christmas shopping, I just like the Christmas spirit. Oh, yeah. To like walk around a mall. I love going to the mall. I'm a mall guy. Oh, God. The worst place in the world. Dude. I love a mall. I All like right, so here's, like... here's my breakdown of this. Ironically, so you say you think you've gotten single-digit items off of Amazon. Yeah, I, think I've, I think I've sent double-digit items to you from Amazon. <laughs> since Probably. Been, right, yeah. So my, I do... The, everything every, I got like in front of me right now. You yeah, sent me yeah that I've just sent to Sam's house. Via you just, Amazon. You just text me, you're like, yeah, it'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. Which I, the convenience of is great, I must yeah. say. But I, yeah. yeah, like I used to order stuff for like working out, like some supplements or creatine different. I used to order that stuff on Amazon. And then I was like, 
I'll just go to the, I'll go to the vitamin shop and buy it in, in per, like I've just started buying everything in person at all times. So here's what, I, here's the irony in this. When, when Buck first started, yeah, food court. Sales. I love a food court. I do love the food court. <laughs> uh, when Buck first started with A to Z sports, he had yet to buy anything off Amazon, like not a single thing off Amazon when Buck started with us. So that, that is interesting there too. But what this actually tells me is that you saying that you're willing to go drive an hour uh, to pick something up. Look, there are some things, yes, that are better to purchase in person so you can see it, feel it, look at it, understand the size or whatever it might be. But you know what that tells me? That you just don't have enough stuff to do. Like that's that's what I'm hearing is that you, you are not busy enough to where you think, nope, I'm going to go to the mall. I'm going to go do this hour round trip or two hour it's round trip to go buy it in person because you don't have enough things to do. Maybe on a weekend that like, that's true. Like if I, it's more of a, like, I wouldn't do it like on like a Tuesday after work or something like that. Like a, a day is too packed. You're, you're correct. But like, I love a good, like December Saturday being like, Hey, today's going to be in 11 to 4 PM at the mall day. And we're going to do some Christmas shopping, get some lunch at the Panda in the, the Panda express in the food court. Uh, and we're just going to walk around the mall for the vibes. I think it, I like the vibes. It's, no. it, it's good. And then, yeah, exactly. it, like, that's the other deal. If so, if I go into a store and they're like, yeah, we don't have it in person. You can go to our other location or we can just order it for you. I'm just going to go to the other location. <laughs> I don't want to like, I want it now. I need immediate gratification. I don't want to order a phantom is. thing online. That's what it is. It's that's, that's the young person in you and needing that immediate gratification. Yes. I'm is not, it, I'm not willing to wait. So it's, if I can order it and it's here tomorrow or I can drive an hour to the store today to get it, I'm driving. I want it now. Oh, that's so funny. All right. Well, that, that's, that's hilarious. What was your good news? Oh, I got so caught up. I It was kind of related. My good news is just like for the first time in a long time, I feel like I'm feeling the Christmas spirit a little bit. I feel like every year, December. Well, December 2nd. So it's okay. it's not like that late. Well, I no, I know. But I'm saying like, like most years, especially being in school, uh, like it's like I get out of, I get done with school on break. It's December 23rd. And I'm yeah. just kind of like, okay, like sure. sure it's, it's the holiday season. I don't know. I watched a Christmas movie. Uh, you know, we've got a tree. My roommate and I have a tree in the living room right now. Kind of just like, kind of like a half size tree, but like we have a tree and I just get me in the, in the Christmas spirit. So I, I'm not a Christmas music fan. That's probably another like hot take. I don't really, I like about three Christmas music songs. And other than that, I, I don't care to listen to it, but I've been, I've been in the in I've been feeling holly and jolly recently. There you go. <laughs> I like Christmas music for about a week. That's that's I can do it for a limited time. I like Run Rudolph by Chuck Berry and like yeah. that's that's number one. And I'm not sure what two and three are, but they're it's very limited. My uh, my catalog of Christmas music that I'll play. There you go. All right, that'll do it for us this Friday. By the way, A to Z Sports Picks is coming up later on today. So make sure you subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel. Like the show before you go. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, make sure you give us a like before you head out today. And appreciate you guys for watching. We're going to have on Sunday, Buck, Sam and I for pregame, halftime, and postgame. Then Buck again for uh, primetime on Sunday night. So we'll have a packed Sunday for you guys. A to Z Sports Picks coming up later today at... 
2 p.m. Central Time. Enjoy the start of your weekend. See you soon. Appreciate it as always.